The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Touchdown or turnover, back by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong, better rates and better service, atfu.com. ATFCU.com. Excuse me. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. I got my touchdown turnover locked and loaded. Ben. So we're Theo Jackson added to the Senior Bowl roster. Well, East West Shrine oh, Bowl roster. Me. East West Shrine, which is like the second. Yes. He's going to play with uh, Matthew Butler, which I think the game is tomorrow. I know they've moved that game so many times, man. It used to be in Houston, then went to Florida, and now it's in, um, now it's in, uh, I want to say Vegas. Mm-hmm. Playing at the, the re- they've been at UNLV, the home of Harrison Bailey, all week. But I think yeah. they're playing the game. Well, I guess I don't really know where they're playing the game, to be honest you, with you. You petty. You petty. It's at uh, Legion Stadium, the new Raider Stadium. I didn't know if they would play the the Shrine Bowl in the new Raiders Stadium. Oh yeah, that's why I kind of hesitated. Oh yeah, oh, but uh, yeah. Theo Jackson added to to that roster with uh, old Matthew Butler. We got some we got some balls, man, playing in some All Star games and have a chance to make themselves some some money. Um, I wish Theo Jackson was there the whole entire time because how you really make an impact is is during practice, the week of practice. It's not necessarily about the game; it's about practice and. The scouts and the GM seeing your practice habits and your energy and, and your technique and your fundamentals and all those things, but um, still great to be there rather than being somewhere else or being at the house. But I'm going to the Senior Bowl for my touchdown turnover, and will either one of these two things, Ben, Alante Taylor have an interception or Bayless Jones a touchdown? Will we see one of those plays being made in the Senior Bowl. We got a lot of Tennessee balls, man, in some All-Star games. Do we see them make big plays? Alante, uh, interception or Bayless Jones, touchdown? You didn't want to include a Cade Mays pancake? I mean, he should do that. It should be pretty easy. Should be easy. Playing guard. I I I did see some of the practice. He he should be ready for this moment, man. He went up against SEC defensive linemen uh, his whole entire career. So, it should happen in the course of a 60-minute football game. I'll go touchdown. and I'll say Valus gets a touchdown. I, I think the best part about Valus being at the Senior Bowl is the quarterbacks that are going to be throwing him the football. The, the, these quarterbacks are not scrubs. And the, the Senior Bowl has, has really improved its roster over, heck, I'd say the last five years even, Swain. I know Jim Nagy really makes an emphasis. I was listening to him speak this week that they really make an emphasis on extending invitations to guys that at minimum will be priority free agents in the draft. 
they they want to they want to host players that all have legitimate draftable grades, and, and even if they they don't get drafted, then at minimum they are a priority free agent and, and sign right away. Kind of like what you saw with Marquez Callaway two years ago. He was a priority free agent after he went undrafted. Guys, yep. guys like that are at minimum going to be on the senior bowl roster. And it, it hasn't always been that way. There's been some, some scrubs there in mobile just to kind of fill out the roster, but that's, that's no longer the case. And the quarterback roster Swain and, and quarterbacks haven't always flocked to the senior bowl either. They haven't, but this year the, the quarterbacks in the class are, are the, the real deal. Uh, you, you've got Kenny Pickett. You, you've got, Sam Howell, uh, Malik Willis, uh, Bailey Zappi, the the Western Kentucky quarterback that just threw for a million yards this past season. So I think that's re- really, 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 really going to help Valus. And then Valus obviously is a, a heck of a talent in his own right. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati also there. Carson Strong from Nevada. Who had a good year? He he is also there. They're on the national team. Uh, I, I don't know. Is uh, Valus on the national team or the American team? I think he's on the American team. Yep, he is. He is on the American team. So his quarterbacks are Malik Willis, Bailey Zappi, Sam Howe, and th- those are three big time quarterbacks thrown in the football. So uh, Valus, heck of a talent in his own right. Got great quarterbacks thrown in the football, and uh, I think Valus is really going to earn some money this week. He will, man. He will. Um, I'm gonna say touchdown. I think one of those guys make a big play. I think you. Um, I think it's gonna be Alante Taylor with the pick. How about that? I'm gonna go Alante. Uh, I, I honestly believe Vegas will get the, the, get the touchdown before Alante gets, gets the pick. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be different, man. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, Alante with the pick. It makes a big play in the Senior Bowl. Uh, I want to get back to the East West Shrine and uh, share a little something with you. With you. Uh, ben, and that is what Jordan Reed of ESPN said, and the eval on some of the guys there at the East-West Shrine. Here's what he said about Matthew Butler, that uh, he will be likely drafted early day three. After a strong opening performance during the first day of practice, Butler remained steady throughout the week, coming in at 6'3", 299 pounds, his physical traits, power, and energy immediately caught the eye of many scouts in attendance. Most notable in the one-on-one portion of practice, Butler was easily penetrating his way to the quarterback, and he carried that over into the 11-on-11 sessions. Wait for it. Here we go. Overall, I thought Butler was the best player at the event. Wow. And he proved his worth during each period of practice. Playing in 53 career games for the Volunteers, he hit his stride during his final season as he had 47 tackles, 8.5 tackles for a loss, and five sacks. Let's go. Hey. I don't want to take any credit away from Matthew Butler because he he's the one who put the work in. He's the one who had a, a dang great season, his best season of his career. But if this is not something that Rodney Garner 
Like he he can use the the first round picks that he's had, but this right here, this speaks volumes. When you take a young man and you develop develop him to the point where he goes to an All Star game and he's the best player there. Why? Because he knows how to practice. He knows what the scouts are looking for. The 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 the, the cool part here, I think the the most um, notable part here is that it says he took. What he did in the one-on-ones portion of practice, and then it carried over to the 11-on-11 session. Some guys, they just star in one session. They can't carry it over. And this is a little lesson for our football fans to understand what it takes to get on the football field. Like, everyone looks good in individuals. Everyone looks good in individuals. There's no defender. It's the... You know, you are the freshest part of practice is at the beginning. You were excited. But the purpose of individuals is to focus on little details and fine-tune those little details. And then you take whatever you did individuals, and now we work maybe half-line or we work in with a quarterback. So in my example, receivers, it's just receivers working together. There's no quarterback. You're talking about routes, things like that. Then you bring the quarterbacks over. All right? Got Ross versus Air. This is what most of everyone sees from practice footage from the media. And everyone, like, overreacts and tries to draw conclusions from (laughs) Ross versus Air. This is hard to do. But then, okay, what you do in Ross versus Air? You take Ross versus Air, and now it carries over to seven on seven. So that's everyone on the football field except for the defensive linemen. Okay, speed is a little bit faster. You got some resistance, seven guys on defense. Now you take what you learned in 7-on-7, and now you carry it over to 11-on-11, which is real football. So there's steps and stages and levels. And for Matthew Butler, during the East-West Shrine practice, he took his one-on-one portion, his dominance there, and then it carried over to the 11-on-11 session. Because football is not just one-on-one. It's 11-on-11. So he showed that in one-on-one situations where maybe somebody else is being double-teamed or whatever the pass protection is for the offense, that he can win his one-on-one battles. And then he showed in a 11-on-11 situation where maybe he doesn't need to rush and he has to carry out different responsibilities for someone else to make the play, he showed that he could do that too. So Matthew Butler made some money and happy for him. Happy for him. The best player at the event is what Jordan Reed of ESPN said when covering the East West Shrine Bowl. How about that, man? I love Atta it. Boy to Matthew Butler. I love it. And everything you said was spot on, but my favorite part is is the the last part that you said about how he deserves it. He and, deserves it, man. And that is because he he is just a terrific young man. And I've talked about Matthew Butler on the show before about how how many times he's been trotted out to do media the last couple of years. And this past year was more enjoyable for him having to do it than the year before. 
But when when Tennessee was going through that last Pruitt debacle, he 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 stood up there, took the questions, answered them. When I, I imagine he dreaded doing so, and this year just an absolute joy to speak with several times a month when he did media availabilities and just an impossible person not to root for shared the 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 story of of his daughter and just kind of how much she means to him and and how much it it meant for her to to come up to knoxville for senior day and how excited he was to to have her meet coach garner and uh, the first thing butler did when his daughter got to town was take her to go see coach garner and and that's just so 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 cool and we talk about the basketball team and how there isn't a, a player on that team that you don't want to succeed because of how just great of a person they are and just how good of a young man they are that that is matthew butler and i i will forever root for him even if he goes to the ravens or the Bengals, or the Browns. I, I will always be a, a Matthew Butler fan. He, he he deserves every single bit of success and more. And and not only does he deserve it, but he works for it too. He, yep. he, des- he deserves it because he is a, a great person, but he also deserves it because he is as hard of a worker as you will find. And he he was one of the freshmen that that kind of popped even when he signed back under Butch. And then was a freshman in 2017. Like he had a a little buzz to his name. He, he wasn't ranked very highly, which weird. I don't understand how he can be the best prospect at the East West Shrine Bowl, make money at this Collegiate Bowl game, increase his draft stock. I don't understand how he can do all this when he was ranked a three star and not ranked very highly. Miracles, miracles happen, Ben. Miracles do happen, but. Uh, when he got to campus, I remember being some buzz about him. And then he broke his arm like on the field pregame against Florida. And that kind of derailed his freshman season. But just even even though he had that buzz, for him to to develop and work into what he has become with the amount of defensive line coaches that he has had, is is really 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 impressive, and it's a testament to to him and, and his hard work. He he's always had a skill set, but for him to 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 deal with all the adversity that he had to deal with at Tennessee, I hate that he had to experience Tennessee in the way that he did with all the the coaches and adversity the football program went through. But I'm glad that he could really find some success his his final season on Rocky Top and and find happiness as well because you you should. Thoroughly love playing football at the University of Tennessee. Thoroughly love it. Just everything that comes with it. Being being a Tennessee football player and and enjoying the just the traditions and how the fans appreciate you. And he didn't get to enjoy that until his final season. So I'm I'm glad that he was able to because he, he deserves it in so many ways. And I I I hope he gets drafted in the third round, fourth round, as high as possible. He deserves it. Yep, yep. That's the way it's supposed to be for for Tennessee ball. Um, did not mention this during Boy, 
because we hit the top of the hour. But I want to mention this because uh, it hit it hit the public yesterday, and um, I want y'all to tag any and everybody from the national media. Tag them all. Tag them all. At Six News, tweeted out a article yesterday about Vol Nation, and I think I would be pretty naive to sit here and think that only Tennessee fans contributed to the fundraiser to benefit Children's Hospital. But I do know that a lot of Tennessee fans, and most of them, contributed and um, was a part of this amazing initiative. $90,000 raised for the Children's Hospital after the Ole Miss game. And the reason why um, Brent Balzer decided to start this fundraiser is to take something that looked so bad, so negative, and no one is defending what happened at the end of the Ole Miss game. It's not something that we'd be proud of, but uh, it painted the the, the fan base as a whole. And that's not what the Tennessee fan base is about. We've had a few people here and there do some things, and then they made the whole fan base look bad. But the fan base is about picking each other up uh, uplifting each other, stepping up when someone is in need, and yes, passionate about sports, and we've had our embarrassing moments, and please do not deny this. We we have not been right. We're never wrong. We have we have had some embarrassing moments. We have been in the wrong, um, but we've also done some awesome, great things, and here's one of those where the owner of, of Alumni Hall stepped up, and said, hey, I believe in what y'all are doing. He was at the game. I believe in the message. I want to help. So he dropped a huge check. Boom. Dropped a huge check. Personally brought it to the uh, check presentation there at Children's. And just go check out. Uh, it's on my timeline. I put it on the uh, notes here in a second. Uh, on the app so you can get, get a chance to see it. But take this article and, man, tag tag the national media. Tag the national media. I want them talking about it. I want them retweeting it. I want attention being um, brought to what this fan base did positively to impact families in East Tennessee. And what's crazy is, like, Monday, I had to take my kids to Children's. <laughs> Like, that happened on Friday. We did the check presentation on Friday. And voila, I had to take my kid to Children's on, on Monday. And it is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, hospital. The people there are awesome. And um, it's about providing some value and, and, and happiness uh, in a tough time for kids and parents. Uh, when they're going through, you know, health concerns and scares. and That support is so needed. 
And there's been so many people that have contributed to um, this fund and other funds to benefit East Children's Hospital. So, yeah, just take this tweet and, man, tag all the national media, national networks, and let's see if they, if they talk about it. Let's see if they retweet it or, or they spend time only pointing out what Tennessee uh, fans do when it's bad. There's a few of them. Let's see. Let's see if they pass the test. Hour two of the Swain Events brought to you by Action 247, Tennessee's only legal sports book. Use the promo code Swain Event and you get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $800. Man, I'm kicking myself. I did not place any bets last night, but there's a lot of action. Probably I got that Auburn cover. Probably would have lost anyways, man, because I would have taken the Ooh. under in the, in the Tennessee game. I did take the under in the Tennessee game, and I, I took an L there. Also, glad I did not take Tennessee to to cover. I I, I predicted them to, to barely cover on the show, but I did not back that with my money, and I'm glad that I didn't because A&M scored that last garbage bucket mm-hmm. to cover. Yep. <laughs> I had a buddy who was irate. Who, who took the balls to cover? <laughs> then AM had that garbage layup to, to to cover. Oh, that's the worst. I, I'll be honest, man. I would have I would have taken AM to cover. Like, yeah, sure you would have. No, I'm serious. Yeah. I would have lost if I would have taken uh the, the the game to you know be under um, the total points. I would have done that. Look, just because it's Black History Month doesn't mean that you get the benefit of the doubt on everything. Hey, man, I'm just telling you, I would have taken a and cover, but if I would have rolled with the over-under, I would have lost because I was going to go under because I saw Texas A&M's you know, offense early in the season. Not not the best. In not Tennessee, great, Bob. In Tennessee's offense has been all over the place. But at home, I mentioned, hey, man, it's at home. They might, they might, they might shoot the ball. I mentioned that yesterday, and that's – that's exactly what they did. So uh, we'll take a quick timeout, and we'll be back after this. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event. In this day and age, the way we work is changing and evolving. Businesses still moving forward despite your work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office Furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. This is why Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business, no matter if it's in an office building or at your house. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier for Herman Miller, and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, lay out, and make recommendations. No project is too big or too small. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area or online at OFONOX.com or give them a call at 865-524-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters, providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, 
fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make. And that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Let's get around the SEC, find out what is going on. Ben, it's your time to shine. Yes, 
Take it away. Put me in, coach. Four SEC basketball games last night. Tennessee won 90-80. to As we all know, they've now won four straight conference games. And you look at the schedule, and their, their, their next three games, I mean, it, it could – it could get to seven. Get them balls. Play South Carolina this Saturday. Dup. Should be a win. Next Wednesday's trip to Mississippi State will be tricky. Very tough. Tough Ten- place to play. Tennessee should win because they are a better basketball team than Mississippi State. But I I would not be at all surprised if if they lost to Mississippi State. And then next Saturday. A week from this Saturday, they host Vanderbilt. So, their next three games, at South Carolina, at Mississippi State, home against Vanderbilt before hosting Kentucky that following Tuesday evening. So, if if everything goes according to plan, Tennessee will enter that Kentucky game with a seven-game SEC win streak. And Tennessee now 6-3 and three in conference play and up to third. In the SEC, Auburn, number one, 9-0. and They're going to run away with the league. Mm-hmm. Kentucky, second in the league, 6-2. and Tennessee, third in the league at 6-3. and And then Mississippi State and Arkansas are tied at, for fourth at 5-3. and And then after that, it's the just the, the hodgepodge. Alabama, LSU, South Carolina, and A&M, all four and five. Florida, Vanderbilt, three and five. Ole Miss, three and six. Missouri, two and five. Georgia, one and seven. So, and and here's the good thing about Tennessee's schedule. We've talked about it. They've already played all their tough games. Mm-hmm. They don't have any more tough road games. Well, they have tough road games, but not like LSU or Kentucky or a, a team like that. Going to Arkansas will be tough. Going to the Hump and Starkville will be tough as well. But Tennessee, big win. Yesterday, and at this point, I would be surprised if Tennessee did not finish in the top four of the SEC. It, it, something will have gone terribly wrong if they don't finish in the top four and get that double buy in the SEC tournament. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other games last night: Mississippi State beat South Carolina seventy-eight to sixty-four. Auburn got close there at one point in the second half when Quinterly and Shackelford were knocking down some shots. They fun to watch. No, they play for Alabama. They still that fun is, to watch. No, because them having Alabama on their jersey eliminates the fun. Whatever. Just like Auburn, having Auburn on the front of their jersey eliminates them being fun to watch. Window Green fun to watch. Andrew Barry Smith fun to watch. I I I cannot stand the psychopath on Auburn. Oh, uh, you mean zero? Yes, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, I. I I think he's fun to watch too. I'm mad. At, he's not fun to watch. He's annoying. He, oh yeah, I mean, opposite team. You Katie would, Johnson. Yeah, Katie Johnson. Like he, he, dude, he would be a fan favorite at Tennessee. Oh, one thousand percent. But he's still annoying as all get out. Yeah, because he plays for Auburn. But he is fun to watch. No, he's annoying because of the way he acts on the floor. <laughs> I he, like. He, he would be I annoying like in any jersey in the country, except for Tennessee. Except for Tennessee's, because of. <laughs> Of how he acts on the floor. I mean, he he looks like he's going to murder somebody. I love it. Yes, but it's still annoying. He is the most annoying player in the SEC since Marshall, Marshall Henderson. Henderson. Yep. He is. The The only difference is he doesn't 
use his mouth as much. He talks a lot, but it's in a different way than Marshall. Like, Marshall was talking to all sorts of stuff to everybody. Yeah. The refs, the coaches, the opposing bench, the players on the floor, and the crowd. KD just talking trash within the game. But uh, he, he is a psychopath, and I'll go ahead and tell you, if, if you're not as familiar with him, he will drive you crazy when Auburn plays here next month. That that battle between him and Zakaz Ziegler will be fun. Will it? Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And then Ole Miss upset our touchdown or turnover. You asked us yesterday if a ranked team in the SEC would lose. I did not see Tennessee losing. Mm-mm. I did not see Auburn losing. Mm-mm. I did not see LSU losing, but LSU did lose. Took the L. To Ole Miss, 76-72. Actually, a, a pretty remarkable comeback. Love to see it. For for LSU, they were down by a lot in, in that basketball game and came back and only lost by by four. Will Wade got a tech. Yep. That's just a that's an ugly loss for, for LSU. I mean, Ole, was, Ole Miss is not a good team to begin with. They're banged up, and, and then you lose at home to them. And then the end of the game execution was uh, not that great. No. Didn't have any timeouts, uh, had the ball, wasting time. Just it wasn't that great. But, uh, you know, Tennessee beat LSU, so you would want LSU to continue to win because it makes Tennessee's win look better. But I don't care. You beat Arizona. You play in the SEC, the, the toughest basketball conference in America, and you are third. LSU can win the rest, lose the rest of their games. I'll be happy. I don't, we don't need that win. For a resume builder. I'm with you. you. You don't think they're fun to watch? LSU? No. Uh, only three games tonight. Actually, two games tonight. One this afternoon. Florida, Missouri. Damn, them two, two, two teams must really suck if they play in the afternoon. Well, to make up? No. Uh, it, it was supposed to be played tonight, but Missouri is supposed to receive inclement weather tonight. So they moved the game up to 3 p.m. So if, if you need something to do in the middle of the, the afternoon today, Florida, Missouri will be on the SEC network at 3 o'clock. <laughs> Where's the game play? Missouri. The game. No, was, no one's coming to the game anyways. Yeah, but the players got to get home. Florida players got to get back to Gainesville. So that's sure. why they That's why they moved I it forgot up. about them. Yeah, blank them. I forgot about them. And Omar Payne. Uh, and then Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt at Kentucky tonight. Oof. Arkansas what's the, what's the, at Georgia. Man, what is the line on that one? Oof. 15 and a half. That's it? And then uh, Arkansas is 10-point favorites against Georgia. It's like Kentucky, too, huh? Yep. Hmm. Man. Yep. That looks good. Uh, nothing really to, to bring up in, in SEC football. One nugget, though, Alabama running back Kamar Wheaton, one of the top-ranked players in Alabama's 2021 recruiting class, has entered the transfer portal. He was ranked the number one or the number four running back, and number 41 overall player in on three's consensus recruiting rankings. So, and a big-time prospect and running back at Alabama transferring before he even practices or, or, or plays. And then the only other thing is Lane Kiffin had some interesting quotes yesterday. Not really sure where or why he was making these quotes, but he said, we don't have the funding resources as some schools with the NIL deals. 
It's like dealing with salary caps. Said that some schools can pay five to ten times more. I joked I didn't know if Texas A&M incurred a luxury tax with how much they paid for their signing class. He also said somehow they're going to have to control NIL. You've got the salary caps, schools giving players millions to sign before they play, and other places not able to do that. What would the NFL look like if two or three teams could pay ten times more in salary cap? There are schools with no shot to recruit certain players. If a class has an average of $25 million, that's one mil a person. In the NFL free agency, players go to the most money. These players are 17 and 18. They're going to go where they get paid most. You've legalized paying players. And Lane is not wrong, but nobody wants to hear it from you, Lane. Again, man, this is this is this is what Lane does. Makes it seem like that he is not participating. Well, well, you know what I took from this one? To me, I took it as as Ole Miss not having its its NIL stuff figured out. And, and Lane being kind of frustrated with, with Ole Miss not being good to go in NIL. Because if, if he was set up to go NIL-wise, why would he even make these comments in the first place? Well, I mean, I, I think I, I think on one hand, you cannot have your NIL air quote set up, but you can still bring in players and give them money. And Ole Miss has done a really good job in the portal. Lane has called himself the portal king or whatever. So they have they have attracted players. They've gotten players. And I'm sure that you know they have um, promised guys funds, or whatever. The, the 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 question is like, how organized is their NIL efforts? And um, Ole Miss got money, just like everybody. Everybody got money, but it's how much. And Lane's not wrong, but no. you know it's, it's not it's, like Lane it's is. It's not like Lane didn't get anybody from the portal or did not sign guys from the portal using the NIL. Like one of the players that he got was talking to Tennessee, and we know that we wasn't getting that player for free. So this is Lane being Lane, but he's not wrong. There needs to be some type of regulation. There needs to be more checks and balances. There's not right now, and um, that's why everybody's able to kind of do what they want, want and run free. But if you, if you don't set it, up the, set it up the right way, expecting – Future regulations, I think you can put yourself in the position that once they are regulations, you have created a monster so much that you can't bring it back. You can't dial it down. You can't control everything. You can't create uh, that organization because for a year, it could be a year and a half, it could be two years, where it just ran rampant and there was no organization, it could bite you in the butt the moment regulation regulations um, are created for the NIL. So that's why... You know, Spire has really focused on doing it the right way now. Expecting the regulations. I mean, these are these are these are guys that already are in the marketing game, but professional athletes, even before the college NIL was passed, so they know what they're doing. So um, that's how I look at it with with Ole Miss. Um, let me hit up the the. Text no, box. You're not going to see Josh Heibel make those comments. No, 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 no. 
because he 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 knows that Tennessee players are are going to be taken care well, of because of what Spry is doing. Yep. Which, again, I, I don't know why he would think that because Tennessee's just in over his head when it comes to NIL. No, I have no clue what they're doing. That, that, that's according to to several people, but Lane, Lane's just salty that uh, Ole Miss hasn't figured out the NIL world as well as the other schools, and I, I don't understand how you can be Portal King with without paying players in today's society that you just discussed. I think there's some teams out there, Ben, that are just saying, hey, here's the money. And they won't be able to, the moment that this stuff is regulated, won't be able to point to, all right, so why are y'all paying these players? And what are they doing to earn this money? See, I just gave the, gave the athlete money. He didn't perform any service. He didn't, he didn't do any autographs, any appearances, nothing. You not, not any commercials. So basically, y'all just paid them to come here. I think there's some schools around the country in the SEC that don't have their stuff together that are doing that. I ain't saying it's Ole Miss, but I am saying somebody is out there doing that. And somebody will. Uh, let me hit up the YouTube chat. Ronald Swift. Good morning, Ronald. Shout out to Ronald. Good morning, Ronald. Ronald Swift says, I think our coaching staff getting these preferred walk-ons is smart and say spots smart recruiting GBO. Um, JL says, did we really pick up four preferred walk-ons last night? Uh, hey. Today's signing day. You this, see it. This is, uh, this is when... Preferred walk-ons commit as preferred walk-ons. You, you see it every year this time of, of this this week of the year. You, you see it, yeah. walk-ons committing to, to schools. And y'all 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 see these walk-ons. It is y'all becoming the, interesting. Y'all y'all see the uh, upgraded quality of, of walk-ons. Um, Jeff Harrison says, "Should we be concerned with our OC?" Taking a job at Michigan, saw a headline. Oh boy, what headline? I did not see a headline. Yeah, Alex Golish is is in a good spot. He's in a great spot. He understands he's in a great spot, which is why I told Lane Kiffin no. Now, if he gets a head coaching opportunity, then you expect him to go if it's the right one, but. I don't see Golish going anywhere right now. I don't think he's going to be here a long time because he seems like a guy who wants to be a head coach and uh, carries himself like one. And, but I don't know where the Michigan stuff is coming from. But it's the internet. You never know. John Hill says, if, if Vescovy becomes more consistent next year, where do you – See where you guys see him getting uh, going in the in the draft next year. Well, here here's something that I've been actually thinking about to myself the last couple of weeks. He flirted with not returning this past off season and not going to the NBA, but playing professionally back home. That's why I see his future. I, I don't I don't see him as an NBA player. I see him as a professional player overseas. Yes. He's gonna make a lot of money. Yeah, like. 
not Kevin Durant type money no, uh, over time, but oh, over like Chris Lofton made a really really nice living for himself playing overseas mm-hmm. for as long as he did, and, and Santi mm-hmm. will will do the same. That's so, what I see. Yep. I, I don't like. I have no inside information whatsoever. I, I truly don't. Just me thinking out loud because he almost didn't even come back this year to go play professionally. I don't think that he'll come back after this year. I mean, he has he's playing tremendous basketball right now. And he, he can go make a lot of money overseas. It, it it would not surprise me one bit if if this is his last year at Tennessee, because he's not an NBA guy. Now I think he should pursue the NBA. Absolutely, absolutely pursue the NBA like Eve Pons is doing right now. But at, at some point, I, I think uh, Santi's going to make his bread overseas. And d- does he start that a year early? And, and play over, overseas for us. I guess it's not overseas for him. Be like, well, it depends on where he, where he I guess it, it depends w- on where he is. Yeah, but even then it wouldn't be over the seas. Well, I mean, you got you to gotta cross some water to, to, to play in some countries. But, but if it's where he's from, it's, it's not overseas. I mean, I mean, if he's playing where he's from, then it would be home. But, like, there's so many different countries you can play professional basketball yes, in. Yes, so, um, I, I don't I, – I, just guessing, just based off of what transpired last all season, I would kind of be surprised if he is back next year. Yeah, John Hill also says for Gullish, I think he should use it for a bump in pay at least to stay at Tennessee. Um, I think we overhyping Gullish a little bit here. No offense to Alex Gullish, but sounds like you're about to offend him. I'm not about to offend him, but I'm just saying, like we acting like. He's in just some high demand in Tennessee. Can't run their offense without him. Y'all do know who the head coach is, right? The guy who calls the plays? Yeah. I'm not saying Gullis does not bring a ton of value, but you got to just pay folks just to pay folks. It, I thought we were trying to stop doing that as much as possible. Kevin still being in the headlines should have reminded us that we don't really need to pay folks unless we have to. Like, where did this Gullish leaving when the Michigan job opened up? Where did that come from to the point where, like, you have to pay him to get him to stay? Hmm. I don't know about that. I don't know about all that. Yeah, someone agree with you about a uh, Auburn player, I think. Katie Johnson. Yeah, I think I think you had someone agree with you. Well, that's good. Glad somebody agreed with me today. Matt says you just committed to Vandy to cover the doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't do that. All right, let me uh, get to the text I'll box. pass. I have an off-topic question real quick for you. This is really off-topic, and I apologize, but it'll take two seconds. Have you ever had any desire to travel to Antarctica? Like, would you want to go to Antarctica just to say that you have been to Antarctica? No. Why not? What's there? Nothing. I'm, I'm saying just... Why would I want to go somewhere where there's nothing? Just for the sake to say that you've been. No. Like, it would be cool to say, hey, I've been to Antarctica. No, I wouldn't. I'm now, good. I would never go to Antarctica because I hate cold weather. And if I hate cold weather in, in the south of the United States, I'm not going to like Antarctica. But you're a hot body. I mean, you, you 
practically wear Speedo outside when it's 10 degrees outside. I mean, I think you would fit it. I think you may like Antarctica. You love cold weather. Mm-mm. I mean, you, you, may, you may love it down there. Down there? Really? No. It is down there. No. I don't want anything to do with Antarctica. You, you have no, not even to say, like, I've been. Ben, I don't I've even want to go to Birmingham. Why do you think I want to go to Antarctica? Antarctica. I don't even want to go to Alaska. I don't even want to go to, you know, Canada right now. Now, I did. I, did, I have heard it's fun in Toronto. And he, Toronto. You know, he, Toronto's he, the most. It goes down. Toronto is probably the most popular destination on the NBA schedule for, for players. Yeah, I do have some friends that played in the CFL. They had a good time. And I Miami almost went to Canada. I was in Detroit um, earlier in life. And I almost made a trip to Canada just to go, but did not do it. But no, Ben, I don't want to go to no damn Antarctica. You, you don't want to go to places just for the sake of saying you've been to places? No, if I'm not doing anything. You are doing something. You're going there. What, then I'm you're gonna, coming what right am I back. going to do when I'm there? Goldfish? Yes. You can go see penguins. I can go to the zoo. What about a, a polar bear? It'd be cool to see a polar bear. I don't want to see a polar bear. You see it from the ship, though. I'm good. I'm I'm good. I watch it on uh, National Geographic. Would you ever want to go to the North Pole? Nah. You don't even want to go to Alaska? Nope. Is Is there anywhere that you have never been that you do want to go to? Uh, New Orleans. What about outside of America? Uh, know, every, Af- Africa. Everybody says the, the most popular answer is like, Europe. Most people want to go to like Europe nah. or, or Italy or Africa. Africa would be, be the place I would want to go. Yeah, there, there's a lot of places I want to go. I, I want to go to Europe. I want to go to Africa. I want to. I want to. Australia is always the place I wanted to go. I want. I wanted to see Kangaroo Jack. They put them hands on you, man. Oh, I'm gonna stay at a distance. <laughs> Give you that three P. <laughs> you be you be you be a meme. You be a, a social media. Sensation on video. Look at Ben McKee getting them hands from Floyd Mayweather, the kangaroo. No, nah, man, I'm good with uh, Antarctica. Well, you and I can both take a trip. We can even do the show from down there. I'm good, man. I'm good. Chip Payne says, dang, Ben, you said Swain has a hot body. For real? TMI. No, like, he's, he, he means, like, I don't get cold. Chip Payne knows what I mean. Which is weird. be nasty. Uh, UT fan J-Man says, good morning, gentlemen. Hit on a seven-leg parlay last night, winning $2,200. Ooh! Thanks to the boys, only winning by 10. Had He had A&M at plus 10 and a half. Let's go, man. Good job, J-Man. That's what's up. Let me hold five. Yeah. Yeah, give Ben five so he can so he can do five bets at a dollar apiece. <laughs> And win 37 cents. <laughs> I didn't put any bets in last night, uh, or parlays, that is, because the, the odds were not in my favor and didn't, weren't, weren't going to win me much money. The, the, the risk was not worth the reward. Uh, Biloxi Vol says, I think the assumption is that Matt Campbell to Tech to uh, Michigan and Golish to Iowa State. Well, that happens good for Golish. That's how cost plays. And then I, I would imagine that he would promote Joey Hosley. That would be my best guess. And still call plays. Yep. All eight of them. <laughs> hey, whatever, man. So, 
Y'all ain't gonna get me. Y'all ain't gonna try to worry me with these with these potential scenarios. Josh Hyper calls plays. I'm 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 good. I'm good. If Ghost wants to go and and gets a, a better job, then cool. Bye, Felicia. Bye. Yeah, man. Cool. It's great that Tennessee has not had any turnover this this uh, this all season. But if you have a coach take a head coaching job after being a coordinator, man, that's 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 awesome. That's great. So we'll see what happens with, with Michigan, man. Um, Who would you go after if you're Michigan? Not a very be a very difficult job. You think uh, Michigan and Auburn are, are top five? Toughest jobs in in the country. Mm, I mean, I would put it in the top ten. It's a tough job. It's a tough job. And I guess there is different. Auburn little, tougher little, than Michigan, though. Yeah, for sure. There, there's also different levels to this conversation because, like, what is the definition of a tough job? Because, like, at Auburn, you have all the the resources. Whereas there, there are plenty of schools throughout America where you don't have all the resources. So you can look at it in that realm and be those, like... Those boosters, though, man. Yeah, I know. But I'm just speaking like... Like, there are schools throughout the country that are limited resource-wise. Mm-hmm. That's not an issue at Auburn. So, so some would argue that in, like, that regard, it's not a tough job because you have everything you need to be successful. Yeah. But then you also look at it and say, it is a tough job because the boosters are, are maniacs. Yeah. And uh, Nick Saban is two hours west. Yeah. And he's getting younger by the day, it seems. Yeah, he he needs to uh, pull Tom Brady. He do. He needs to to pull Tom Brady. But I, I think Michigan and, and and Auburn, when looking at the the biggest jobs throughout the country, are two of the the toughest because of who is in their state and their biggest rival. Go hire Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. You gotta go outside the box. If I'm then the first to call, Deion Sanders? Nope. I don't. I don't think Deion. Tom Brady? <laughs> yes, Tom Brady. I mean, I'm being serious. Why would you call Tom Brady? Why not? He's retiring from football to spend more time with his family. He's going to go coach Michigan. In his statement, he's going to go be a college football. In coach? his statement, he says something like, um, "Away from football right now." Yeah, because he'll be back playing midway through the year. Hopefully, with my Steelers after the Mason Rudolph experiment goes terribly wrong. And I, I'll tell you this. If we sign Jimmy G, I saw some odds yesterday where the Steelers were the favorite to sign Jimmy G. Oh, oh. So go ahead and stick a needle in me now. What's wrong? He's better. He is. I would, ra- I would truly rather have Jimmy G be my quarterback than Mason Rudolph. But I don't want e- either of them. Go trade for Russell Wilson. Please. But Luke Fickle should be the first call for Michigan. You don't think that they that they should call him? Not asking he ain't going if, nowhere. That's not that's not what I, I said. Know, though. I know. I'm trying to be slick. He's Ohio. He's an Ohio guy. He's not a Michigan. Guy. That Ohio State job ain't opening anytime soon unless Ryan Day leaves for the NFL. How about Bill O'Brien? Bob. Bill O'Brien was did a pretty good job in um, Penn State. He did. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's certainly a call. How about Matt Rule? 
I think Matt Rule is definitely a better college coach than NFL coach. This, man, this is your out right here, Matt Rule. This is your out. Now, you get fired, you don't get paid. But, like, I think, I think Matt Rule will be the pick for me if I'm Michigan. Swain event, hour three coming up.